Well, good morning again. So um, aren't you glad a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, when you were looking at the calendar and you saw that spring break was this week and you thought, should we go away? Should we go to Florida? Aren't you glad you decided not to? Aren't you glad you stayed? You'd have missed all this snow had you gone. Wouldn't that have been sad? How many of you have got a friend on Facebook right now who has already posted a picture with their feet up on a balcony looking out over the ocean, sitting on a beach? Don't they make you sick? I'm looking out my window yesterday at snow, and not just even the pretty snow, it's the heavy, slushy, miserable snow. So, so here's what we're going to do this morning, okay? When you get home, I want you to take a picture holding an iPad, okay? And then post it on Facebook and say, look at what they gave out at church this morning, all right? I want all the people in Florida to regret missing today. If you don't have an iPad, it could be a laptop, a car, a puppy, whatever it is, just let's make them sick that they chose this week to be gone, because right now I'm pretty sick that I didn't. So, (laughs) hey, I am super glad you are here this morning, especially, especially those friends and family members who came for this wonderful baptism service. I just, this just never gets old for me. Because when we started Connect Church four or five years ago, it wasn't just to start another church in this community. There were already some great churches in this community. We just knew, Case and I and some of the, the, the group that got together to start this church, we knew that we had friends and neighbors and people in this community who had yet to discover a relationship with Jesus, who had yet to find a church home of their own. And some of those stories this morning are people that I've had the pleasure of getting to know a little bit, hearing their story, and then seeing Jesus transformed their lives. And seeing this as a, a journey that has taken maybe a year or two years, but this morning they've come to this point to say, Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to go public with my faith. I'm ready to show you that you are the Lord of my life. And, and that's why we do what we do. We love being able to um, have our kids' church. We love being able to support churches around the country and around the world. But primarily what we do every week is try and communicate that message that Jesus loves you so much that he wants a relationship with you. Next week, we're going to remember how he died and rose again, and and he did that because of you. In fact, we're in this series right now, if you are visiting, it's called The Week That Changed the World. And what we've done is for the last six or seven weeks, we've been very slowly working our way through that final week of Jesus' life. Because normally that kind of gets hurried through because today is Palm Sunday, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. So the last week of Jesus' life often gets looked, overlooked. So we spent the last six or seven weeks really looking at every day, that, that first Palm Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And now we're at Saturday. And some of you, I think, have been looking forward to this morning. Because you knew about Palm Sunday. You remembered that story of when he came into Jerusalem, the palms were laid down, maybe... You knew about what happened on Thursday with the Last Supper and Gethsemane. You even knew about Good Friday. You even knew about Sunday because Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from the grave. But you've always kind of wondered, well, what did happen on Saturday? Where was Jesus on Saturday? And for weeks now, you've been looking forward to this morning because you've thought today is the day that Dave is going to speak about Saturday. And I've got so many questions and I just can't wait to get all the answers. Well... How many of you ever watched that show Lost? Do you remember Lost, that show Lost? Do you remember how you sat through six seasons of it? And that last episode, you were like, finally, we're going to get all the answers to all the questions. Do you remember how you felt when you watched that last episode and you had no idea after that episode what the answer was either? That's kind of how you're going to feel this morning because here's the drawback, okay? When it comes to Saturday... 
This is something that for, for years, for thousands of years, People far smarter than me, theologians, um, Christians, leaders in the church have, have debated this subject of what really took place on that Saturday. What did happen to Jesus between Good Friday and Easter Sunday? You see, some believe that Jesus descended into hell to rescue those who had died before him, who believed in God but were still separated from God because Jesus hadn't yet died. They were in a place that the Bible refers to as Hades or Sheol. There's a verse that kind of supports this thought, and it's in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says this. It says, So he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago, when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. You see, others, though, have a hard time accepting this idea that Jesus went to this place because um, there was also the, uh, the occasion where on that, that Good Friday, on the, the day of the crucifixion, Jesus is hanging next to a, another thief on the cross. And that thief said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry, I've lived a bad life. I, I deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be here. You're a good man. Would you have mercy on me? Would you forgive me? Would you remember me when you get to heaven? On his deathbed, this, this thief just asking for mercy from Jesus. And Jesus says in Luke 23, 43, I assure you today you'll be with me in paradise because that's where I'm going to be. So, so you've got these two verses that almost sound like they, they kind of contradict each other. And a lot of people have talked about this and they've, they've argued over what really happened. And I like what one pastor has to say about this dilemma. He says this, he says, where and what Jesus did after his death and before his resurrection, may never be settled this side of heaven. No position is crystal clear. They all have strengths and weaknesses. In non-essential matters as these, and there are others, but in non-essential matters as these, we need to hold them with an open hand and not a clenched fist ready to punch someone in a theological sparring match. I love that thought, you know, because if you've been around church long enough, you can see that there's arguments and fierce debates over, well, I believe it was this way, and I believe, and really, sometimes there's never any way to definitively know for sure some of these non-essential matters. So instead of tackling this, this theological giant this morning, I wanted to go in another direction and say, okay, so we're not 100% sure what happened with Jesus, but what happened with those he left behind? The religious leaders, the disciples, what happened to them? Well, we know the religious leaders were busy because as soon as Jesus was dead, they went straight to, to Pilate and they said, we want his body. We want to put it in a tomb. We want it guarded by Roman centurions because they were fearful that the disciples were going to somehow steal Jesus' dead body and then use it to, to further their crusade and to further their revolution. And what was the, the brave band of disciples up to? This, this band that the religious leaders were worried would hatch a plan to steal the body to begin this revolution? Well, let's see. In Mark 14, 50, here's what we're told about the disciples. Then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. Luke 23, 49, talking about Jesus when he was crucified. His friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. On that Saturday, his disciples, his friends, they were at a distance and they were fleeing and scattering. Watching Jesus be killed, they assumed that they were going to be next. They were in fear for their lives. They thought this whole mission has been a failure. But what they didn't realize on that Saturday is that they were just one day away. They were just one day away 
from their world being turned upside down. But that's tomorrow. We're going to talk about that next Sunday. Today, Saturday, today they were lost and broken. On this Saturday, they spent three years following Jesus and seeing him on that cross. They were disillusioned now and scared. So why was this? Why were they so fearful? Well, you see, Jesus dying on the cross, this wasn't what they expected. Him being killed, hung on a cross, this wasn't what they expected. Have you ever seen, uh, you can see um, sometimes stories online of, of this happening where um, someone will order something online and it turns out not to be what they expected. Have you seen this? This is a person who ordered an entertainment center at Amazon and uh, when it arrived, it was for a dollhouse. And you're probably thinking, great deal. How about this one? This guy ordered a rug. <laughs> Looked great online, but he probably should have checked those uh, dimensions a little bit better. Uh, maybe you ordered some beautiful flowers to send to a friend or a loved one, and uh, what they were expecting didn't quite turn out the way it was. Or how about this one? This was my favorite. He's, this guy, he saved some money on this banner. He's like, this banner's only a dollar. And he got a banner that said, congratulations. <laughs> You know, there's no worse feeling in the world than, than expecting something and then getting something different. And I think that's what happened with the disciples. I think they were expecting something different. You see, they thought Jesus' role as Messiah was to overthrow the Romans. They'd hoped he would overcome the, the power of the government, establish a new kingdom. And that day on the cross, all of their hopes vanished. They had an expectation that was unfulfilled. And now they were disappointed. But little did they know that on this Saturday, they were just one day away. Their expectations weren't met. They were disillusioned and disappointed, but they were just one day away from victory. I don't think it was just that they weren't, didn't get what they expected. They also didn't really understand what was going on. Now, this is something I feel very qualified to speak upon, uh, not being understood. This happens to me a lot, um, particularly at drive throughs I think I've told this story before. If ever I go to Burger King and uh, try to order a Whopper, uh, just is bad news. I'll pull up and she'll say, hi, welcome to Burger King. What do you want? And uh, in a weird Canadian accent for some reason. But uh, I'll say, can I have a Whopper? And there'll be a pause and she'll say, uh, what do you want? Whopper. Then there'll be another voice, come on, yeah, sorry, what do you want? And then I realize what's going on, I have to say, can I have a whopper? And uh, then I get my, my whopper. Um, Grace is not laughing. I know what it's like to not be understood. And I think for Jesus, this must have been frustrating because it's not like he hadn't been clear with the disciples about what was going to happen. Listen to what um, Mark, the, uh, one of the writers of the four Gospels, the account of Jesus' life, listen to what he says took place. This is Jesus talking to the disciples prior to his crucifixion. Now he says, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days, he will rise. I think that's pretty clear. You'd think, wouldn't you, that if the disciples heard this, they would see, ah, this is what Jesus was talking about. He's on a cross, but three days, hang in there, he's going to rise. But for some reason, they didn't understand. Why is it? Maybe it's because they were um, just confused. Maybe they didn't want to embarrass themselves by admitting it. 
You might think, well, what makes you think that? Well, the next verse makes me think that. Verse 32, but they did not understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him. So even though Jesus had told the disciples what to expect, even though he told them what was happening, they didn't understand what was going on. So imagine this morning for a moment what it must have been like on that Saturday. We talk a lot about Good Friday, don't we? That's a big holiday on the Christian calendar. We talk a lot about Easter Sunday. And sometimes we skip from one to the other. But imagine for a moment that you're one of the disciples. You're on that Saturday. Yet things didn't turn out how you expected. You don't really understand what's going on. You're disappointed. You're disillusioned. Maybe you're giving up hope. Maybe you're questioning whether you followed the wrong person after all. But what those disciples didn't realize is they were just one day away. The next day, their world was going to change completely. You know, maybe this morning you can relate a little bit to how the disciples felt. Maybe you're here this morning. You could be visiting. You could be a, a regular attender here at Connect. But maybe this morning you're here and you're in a place right now in your life where it kind of feels a little bit like Saturday. It kind of feels a little bit like you're having a hard time understanding why things in your life have gone a different way than you thought they would. You had these expectations of what God was doing in your life. You, you were heading in a direction. It just seemed really clear, and then something changed. It could be a relationship or a job or a situation, and now you find yourself looking inward thinking, I don't understand what's going on. God, what, what's going on here? I was really thinking this was where we were going, and then suddenly this took place. Maybe like the disciples, you're here this morning. You're struggling to understand what's going on. And maybe you want to just desert him and run away. Like it said, the disciples did, that they, that they just ran away. They fled when they saw Jesus hanging on that cross. Maybe that's how you're feeling this morning, just this, this temptation to be like, I've, I've had enough. I just want to, this isn't how I was expecting it to go. But what if, like the disciples... You didn't realize this, but, but the answer you're looking for, the hope you're holding out for, what if it's just one day away? What if it's just one day away? It may not be a literal day. It may be a week or a month or a year, but it, it could be just around the corner. That's what amazes me about what the disciples were going through on that Saturday is, is all of that hopelessness, all of that disappointment and disillusionment in less than 24 hours would be vanished because their lives were going to change forever. And you may find yourself in a moment here this morning where you're questioning, but I want to share with you that, that when God changes things, it can happen in an instant. So how do we do that? How do we survive in these moments? How do we survive when it feels like God is a million miles away, when it feels like things haven't worked out the way we thought they were going to work out? What you do is you do what these incredible people demonstrated this morning. You put your trust in Jesus. That's basically what our 10 uh, folks did this morning was they stood publicly and said, I want everyone at Connect, my family, my friends, the heavens to know that I am putting my trust in Jesus. That I am following Jesus completely with my whole heart. 
I loved hearing the, the story of the, the lady on the, the end of the testimony there who said, you know, life is hard. And I live it as a mum and a wife and a teacher. But I've chosen to put my trust in Jesus. It can make a huge difference in your life. Case and I are part of a small group, and last weekend, actually, we met in our small group, and we were talking through this idea of trust. We were actually looking at a story in the Old Testament about a man by the name of Abraham, and he was, uh, he was the man that God kind of looked back and looked on and said, I'm going I'm to bring this nation of Israel from your descendants. In fact, it was a promise that Abraham gave me. He said, you're going to have a son, and that son is going to have children, and those children are going to have children. And before you know it, these descendants will outnumber the stars. Now, Jacob, or sorry, Abraham, he thought this was crazy because at the time he was 100 years old. And yet despite that, because God said it to him, listen to Abraham's response. It says, and Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith, because he trusted God. Abraham chose to believe that God was who he said he was and that he could trust him. Even though in his old age it seemed impossible for this to happen, he trusted God. I wonder if those disciples on that Saturday chose to just trust God and say, God, we don't understand this. We can't figure out what's going on, but we're still going to trust you. Maybe you're in a moment right now and, and you can't figure out what's going on, but it's that choice to trust God because you don't know. It could just be one day away. The breakthrough you're praying for, the answers you're looking for, they could just be one day away. One of the questions we had to answer in our small group last, last week was if God could give you one promise like he gave Abraham, what would it be? We were kind of talking about it as a, uh, a group, and we were saying it's kind of a little bit like a genie, you know, like the genie in the lamp. You know, if you had one wish, and I was kind of thinking, well, if you had one promise, my promise would be I promise to give you lots more promises, you know, or any promise you want. And we were talking about, you know, what would your promise be? And I think someone said, well, I would want God to promise that I can be healthy all my life or that my kids will be saved. And we talked about how, how it feels when you feel like God has given you a promise that you can trust in. And then we thought through this idea that, you know, God has actually given us some promises. You can go through the Bible, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, use Google. If I'm looking for a verse on worry, or I'm looking for a verse on anxiety, something like that, because there are so many verses where God gives us promises that we can hold on to. Whitney, who uh, oversees our kids' ministry, uh, whose husband and daughter were baptized this morning, fantastic. She uh, posted this recently on her Facebook page, and it was to her Connect Kids volunteers. And um, you can pull the image up now. I'll show you. I actually thought, oh, this must be a stock image. And then we met later in the week, and she had her journal with her. And I was like, is that the journal that you wrote that stuff down? She goes, no, I found that picture online. <laughs> but it's a great picture because in this picture, and uh, I don't know if you can see it very clearly, but I'll share it on Facebook later so you can read it. It's someone's written in a journal, um, and it's these different ideas. I can't do this anymore. And then right next to it in green is a verse from Corinthians. It says, my grace is sufficient. There's another one that says, I'm always worried. There's another, and the verse next to it says, cast all your cares on me. The one below that says, I feel alone. And the verse right next to it can be found in Hebrews. It says, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's like for every emotion that we might find ourselves facing, there is a verse, a promise that we can stand on. 
a promise that we can trust God with. Because you may only be a day away. I got to talk to a family here at Connect recently, and we were just chatting. Uh, I didn't know this family that well, so I got to kind of learn a little bit more about their story and learn about uh, what they'd been through and how God had been a huge part of their lives over the years. And, and through the telling of their story, she, she told me, the wife, about a time in their lives not too long ago where it just seemed like everything was stacking up against them. There were situations with finances. Uh, they were trying to have a child, and there was just all sorts of things, and and she said, and then we got to this point in our lives, and it was just like, you know, suddenly things changed, and, and I got pregnant, and things changed at work, and, and she was telling me these stories. And I was thinking about it as she was sharing, because it was so encouraging as she was sharing, because she's on the other side of it now. She was on the Sunday side of it, but there was a Saturday in that story where I bet she was still struggling. And maybe you're in the Saturday this morning. Maybe you're in the midst, like the disciples were, of confusion or fear, wondering, is Jesus real? Maybe you're here this morning visiting because a a friend or family member got baptized, and you're thrilled that they were willing to do that, but you're not sure if that's for you, because you're not sure that Jesus could love you the way he does your friend, your relative that got baptized. I want to tell you this morning that you can trust Jesus, that he loves you. And if you're having a, a Saturday moment this morning like those disciples were having, then, then maybe this morning the promise to hold on to is it could just be one day away. Wouldn't it be great to just go back and meet those disciples on that Saturday and say, guys, just hang in there. You are not going to believe what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to be incredible. And I think God wants to say to you this morning that there is a tomorrow coming There is something coming and just hold on there. Trust God. He's got great days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your promises. That as we read through Scripture, these aren't promises that um, were were specifically for one person and one person. Some of them, Lord, are promises that we can hold on to today. Lord, when you said you'll never leave us or forsake us, that's for every single person here this morning. And even if this morning they feel like you're not there, Lord, your promise assures us that you will never leave us or forsake us. God, if there are any this morning who are in the midst of a struggle, expectations haven't developed the way they thought they would, they they can't really understand what's going on, God, I pray that they would trust you. They would trust you. Just like the disciples chose to trust in the midst of that difficult time. And then a day later, everything changed. Help us to trust you, Lord, for what the future will bring and what we will learn through these moments in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.